0: Hey, what's going on everybody it is brandon barnes here with the re simply podcast and i want to thank our guest jameson worst um exactly how it sounds uh i want to thank you sure. for taking the time today to uh hop on here and talk some real estate man so tell us a little bit about yourself
1: absolutely brandon so thanks for having me on here so yeah i um i'm i'm right here in the west michigan grand rapids uh market and uh um, born and raised right here. Um, But I went to school locally, Grand Valley State University. And when I was in school, I guess, uh, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, when I grow up, you know, but ever since I was a little kid, really just kind of, I was always been interested in real estate, right? We took road trips as a kid. I love driving through the city and seeing the big buildings, you know, especially at night with the lights on, just like, man, I want to uh, you know, being real estate as a little kid just kind of intrigued me, right? But, you know, in college, just kind of floundering, not really having a direction. I ended up working with uh, actually my dad. I was, uh, went into, he was a, he owned a finance company, uh, basically a financial advisory company in town. So his, his dad, my grandpa owned it beforehand. So kind of like a little bit of a pressure, you know, whether or not it was actual pressure or just internal pressure to join my dad. Um, so I ended up just doing that right out of college. And, uh, so that's, that's what I ended up doing for about 12 years, um, during the recession of 08, 09. And yeah, I got married in that time and have three little kids now. So awesome. Good times.
0: And, and so you started real estate. That's interesting. You thought about it as a kid. I, I was complete opposite. Never even, it never even crossed my mind until I bought my first house of even the thought of owning a house. So it's pretty amazing that even, well, even just- having that recollection so yeah. part of it though.
1: So like, you know, my parents were, were in Amway. So as a kid and right, a lot of people hate on Amway, but it's a really great, great business, great company and what they um, they're real big into like mindset, right? Obviously, you know, maybe some people think they take it a little bit too far, but um, so as a kid, you know, I remember going to an Amway convention, they brought Robert Kiyosaki out on there. So like, wow. as a 12 like, year old, right? This is like early nineties when he like, before he got big or like shortly before he got big. And so like, you know, the whole, you know, everybody's favorite book is uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I mean, that was me as a 12 year old, right? Like just seeing, I'm like, oh man, that's crazy. So, I mean, I was exposed to kind of that mentality as a kid yet, so, but the problem for me is, and right, you mentioned before we got on the podcast, but like just, I would never been really good at just making a decision, right? I just mentioned that I just kind of floundered in college you know, I, thankfully, like I found my wife and it just, it took me way too long to propose to her and, and just being really indecisive for a very long time. I think if I was, if I could just go back, you know, I'd probably would just make, make decisions quickly a lot more, a lot more quicker than I did. But yeah, I ended up being a financial advisor for almost 13 years and I never really enjoyed I enjoyed the like, Personal aspects of it, right? like developing relationship with customers, right? Get to see them often and talk to them often. I miss that part about it, but I'm in real estate right now. So right, I don't I don't really uh play in the stock market much anymore at all. So gotcha. I never really that part about it.
0: During that time as a financial advisor, did you buy any rentals or do anything? Yeah.
1: So so my brother actually my brother and dad bought a property in 2005 and so i was like well they can buy a property i'm gonna gonna buy a property too so actually uh, me and my cousin who was an investor and realtor and my brothers we kind of all went in on a property in 2007 uh, actually a big historic property in the historic district so they were like my cousin is supposed to be like the the money partners sort of teaching us how to do it and we did all the work so definitely learning experience coming in the recession right obviously we bought it too high because everything tanked shortly after that we got stuck into a giant 15-month rehab project that was kind of a nightmare but yeah full gut like baptism by fire man
0: <laughs> first was... first house full gut during wow that's uh that's, yeah no so fun so yeah Oh my goodness! So, what year did you start, you know, getting into real estate a wholesaling, agent? Yeah, kind
1: of right. So, as I was a financial advisor, you know, just kind of like waste. I waste a lot of time, you know, when I'm not. Ta- I should have been like calling clients. You know, I'd be up there like researching. You know, how do I do this uh, deal or whatever? So, I actually um ended up found buying a couple flip properties in 2010, I believe, while I was still as a financial advisor, and ended up kind of halfway doing the work myself, half like contracting a lot of it out to use the realtor. And uh, actually I hired a, a local guy to just sort of like be a mentor um, short-term. And so, uh, you know, I did that for a little bit and it just kind of got a little bit burned out. Um, just I had too many things going on in life and didn't have enough time, mental energy. So I took a little break again. And then uh, in 2016, the end of 2016, I actually, my dad retired and I sold our practice to another guy um, and uh, which was a great move. And, uh, you know, so I was full-time January 1st, 2017 is when I full-time just bid it, went into real estate full-time. And honestly, like I should have done it earlier. My wife was a full-time registered nurse when out while I was a financial advisor, I should have done it earlier. Um, we had that extra income. You know, I was able to kind of build a business a little bit. I got my license in 2014. So I started to do, um, like realtor deals and stuff like that too. So I got to a point where I could prove to myself that, Hey, I can do it. So again, maybe a little indecisive. I, I you know, if I would have just gone hundred percent all in, you know, it would have been better if yeah. I would have just done that instead of just taking forever. <laughs> so
0: it, 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 it's amazing how, I mean, but it's, it's, you know, some, for some people it's real estate, some people it's health, some people it's, you know, yeah. there's there so many things that it's so easy to look back now and be like, man, I wish I would have, you know, oh, certainly the time. And, and but if I, if I could,
1: if I could give my younger self some advice, it'd be like, man, like, look at what you got. Like you don't have kids at the time. Like I have three kids now. Um, I didn't have kids at the time I had, uh, my wife was working. So we did have some extra income there. I'm like, there's no reason why I shouldn't do this. Like burn the, burn the boats, like go all in. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, who cares? Like, so get a job then or whatever, right? Just go all in, give it six months, just crush it for six months. I mean, anyway, that's my advice to anybody listening to this, like figure out a way to go all
0: in. I remember, I was gonna tell you a little bit about before we start recording, like my journey was, I got approached to um, kind of help somebody start a real estate business. And yeah. so i was kind of an employee kind of it was kind of a really weird gray area i don't know what i was truthfully but they said hey here's a couple thousand dollars this is all i can pay you for the next 60 days and anything that any deals that we get sold now for me it was a little bit quicker i was working uh, kind of next to a hedge fund so doing deals was a lot faster and a lot easier oh, yeah. this is back before hedge funds were cool um nobody <laughs> knew who they were when when i was selling to them and uh but anyways i i I remember i worked for a local restaurant here in charleston and i was telling you it's a friday night a lead comes in on my phone i take my phone i go back in the office and i call the seller meanwhile the kitchen's getting crushed the restaurant's getting crushed and i'm back there talking to the seller and i was like that that (laughs) was my sign where did you go man where would brandon go and and, and apparently i was good enough because i put my notice in and they kept me so I remember sitting in an office at the end of that night and I was like, this isn't fair to the new person that is trusting me to kind of help start this business, nor is it true. Is it fair for the business I work for? And fortunately I was able to just kind of rip the bandaid off. But like you, you know, think about what's, what's the worst thing that can happen. Sure. You fall flat on your face, you know, especially the less you have in a sense of like children, you know, if you have a wife with income, okay, go get a job. You know, yeah, it'll be. It may be tough for a couple months for you to, to to make some money and do some stuff. But at the end of the day, it's it. You know, I have two kids now, for so for me to go back to zero is a big a big push. You have three kids, for you to go back to zero is a much bigger push. You know, but I will say
1: too, like part of it is, you know, and anybody listening to this, right? Like, I mean, my life has been pretty good. I, you know, physically great. You know, so I'm I'm sure there's other people that right? I know people who are just in just rough spots in life. But I think number one is you got to just decide like, Hey, I'm going to go to this direction. Okay. Maybe not like this second, but this is the direction I'm going. So decide to do something and go, but like you got to be on, you got to be working on your mindset, right? Here in the real estate investor community, we're like everybody harps on mindset, but as I'm growing older and and been around it long enough and just like, it is so important to just have positive mindset, Like, like talk to a mentor, find somebody, that can be an outside source of of good advice, right? Somebody who's doing it, and that can uh, you know help you on your path, like give you a little bit of a you know sounding board, uh, if you will, just to yeah. help you feel more comfortable with with the path that you've chosen, <laughs> you decided to take. So, but yeah, for it sure. comes down to, for me like make a decision, uh, surround yourself with good people, get your mindset right, and just go. That's I mean that seems like that's pretty much it, right? That simple. You said that easier said than done, I suppose, right?
0: Yep. So, so tell us a little bit about your business. What is, uh, what does your business look like now? So you've been doing it for what, five, six years. Yep.
1: No, Full time. You know, I've, I've always had this uh, retail component cause I'm licensed and I do encourage anybody who's out there to get your license. I mean, when we like, I'm, I'm, uh we're focusing on wholesaling this year, we've done uh some flips, some burrs kind of a little bit of everything in the past. Um, right. we have rentals, I've rented, uh, sold stuff on lease option. Just did done a lot of random stuff, but this year we're just doing wholesaling. Um, and the way that we, we kind of approach customers, like obviously we, right, we want the cash offer. So we give them a cash offer. We also, um, we also tell them about, Hey, if you listed it, what would it look like to list? Cause a lot of people just, you know, they're, they're maybe not super motivated. They just want the cash. They just want a good, you know, the highest price. Great. Let's. Let's either list it ourselves or or you can, you know, you can farm it out to another agent. So we we take on the listings ourselves. We have a decent process to to get it get it done pretty quickly and easily. But um and then yeah, you can also uh, throw at them like a, a terms deal to them, you know, like payments deal. So we don't do that a ton. It just depends on the, I guess, on the customer, on the deal. So but it's been mostly, it's been mostly cash offers with that here's what you probably could list it for. And just letting right, let them decide. Then decide what they want to do because we're right. We're not here. We're we're, we're, they're the hero, right? We're just we're just here to help them, help them, guide them through their their problems and their their stuff. So obviously a lot of that is work for us, right? Working through just different weird tile issues or whatever. But it's all right. It's their their choice, and we don't want to we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to give them the 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 choice, however however uh, works best for them, essentially.
0: And so, are you? Do you have a salesperson? Are you the salesperson? Yeah, in your market.
1: Yep. So actually my brother-in-law, Mike, he's our, he's our uh, full-time acquisitions manager. So he does all the upfront stuff. Um, we do, uh, uh, we had been doing in-person appointments. We kind of switched to doing mostly, uh, like phone appointments, phone offers and stuff like that, just cause it's easier. I mean, once in a while, he still has to go to, uh, um, an appointment live. Um, just, again, it depends on the customer. If like, we have some old people that just, you know they don't have computers so we got to get physical paperwork signed and so we're local so it's not that big of a deal for them to just quick run across town and do it it's grand rapids we don't have like la traffic so it's really pretty easy to get around
0: yeah it's not it's not a three hour commute from one side to the other to do it yeah so, right so i do run our dispo on on yeah. our team so i do and I, I like that i like i like meeting investors at
1: properties i like ch- chatting with investors so that's. It kind of works out really well. He likes, he likes meeting with people, solving problems. I like, like working with the investors. So, um, I think if, if I, if we grew, it would be the last thing that I give up, I think is the Dispo stuff. Cause I enjoy it.
0: Gotcha. And are you guys, so Dispo, so wholesaling is the one thing that I have never been good at. We're a, we're a fix and flip company we Got wholesale it. maybe, we wholesale maybe four or five a year and it's my wholesale like me calling one of my friends that buys, Hey, I have this property, you pay me X, you can have it. And do you have big showings? Like what's kind of your technique to doing Dispo now versus, because I've seen it evolve as somebody who buys from wholesalers kind of evolve over the last couple of years.
1: For sure, yeah. So we, um, we, once we get under contract, and our process is sort of like, it's changed a bit too in the past few months, but once we get something under contract, I mean, we, we, we want to make sure that we can sell it. So like we got one right now that we, we haven't received like the um, it's in the deceased husband's name. We haven't received like the authorized personal representative from the probate court. So so I don't feel comfortable sending that to my buyers until we get that sheet. So we make sure we can absolutely close on it before we send it out to our buyers. But essentially, like I mean, we have a, kind of a VIP buyers list that we ha- have that, you know, people that I know and trust that they can close on it. But honestly, we just, we send it out to all of our buyers. Uh, we shoot it via email. Usually the next day we're, we're, I'm also shooting it out on, uh, you know, different Facebook groups locally. Um, sometimes we'll text it out. It uh, just depends on the,
0: the interest. Um, and, so, and do you do like one big showing are there like, how do yeah, you- we
1: do one, we do one just for, I mean, you got to keep it efficient, right? So we do a one hour investor inspection. So we'll book that a few days uh, after we send out the marketing just to give people enough time to kind of look at it and ask questions. And uh, yeah, obviously in the in our email too, we have links to all our, our pictures and walkthrough video. Um, and then we have some uh, little details about the deal as well. But obviously as, as a wholesale deal, uh, when we pick an offer, they're gonna be able to see that original purchase agreement, all those original documents before they close. But yeah, it's pretty, uh, like I, you know, as a wholesaler, right? It's it's my job, like, and I owe it to my team to get the best possible price on a property, of course, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes we have to come and renegotiate it with a with a seller. Uh, sometimes, frankly, we just cancel the offer because it's just not working. But yeah, we we try to try to maximize as, as much as we can. But gotcha. we also try to put it out at a price that's like that we know like uh, a flipper is going to be able to take it on. Like, I hate seeing just garbage deals and right like. I know uh, wholesalers got to do what they got to do, right? Just to put put deals out there, and something's going to stick. But oh man, I try try my best to we try our best to negotiate a deal up front that's going to work for an and an buyer, right? Yeah. We want to set expectations well for our for our uh, seller, you know, as well yeah. as the the buyer, of course. So
0: this this part, you know, this is genuine curiosity. Yeah when somebody lives in the house and they're there, like, how does that, are you transparent with them? Do you let them know that like, well, Oh yeah. This is going to buy it. That's all. Yep,
1: yep, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, cause I mean, we do occasionally close on them. So we'll, uh, we kind of position it like, Hey, you know, this one's really, it's tight. You know, it might be difficult for us. We're going to try to find another, you know, financial partner or somebody to partner on this one with us. You know, they're going to be closing on the property essentially. Um, so yeah, we're we're very transparent with our sellers. I mean, I think you yeah. have to be and I think honestly it it uh, builds trust with them as well. They know what you're doing, right we're not we're not used car sales guy. no, no offense to anybody yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah we you know I, I just feel like it's just it's just part of the thing right we want we want to build a right like one of our core values is integrity and so we just want to be upfront integrity transparency. so yeah, upfront with everybody.
0: And I, and I think, I think that's the way to build wholesale businesses. Now, you know, I've, I've the, the best wholesalers that I've purchased from or worked with here from what I can understand. Cause I mean, sellers I've been to walkthroughs where there've been 50 buyers there and the (laughs) sellers like sitting at the kitchen table, just eating breakfast. And I'm, and I'm just like, ha, the only way that you can have that happen is you got to do a really good job of being upfront, being transparent, you know, cause you can't just send 50 random people through somebody's house without, you know, having some rapport or something built up.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I did early on, I had, I had a a house in 2017 that uh, I failed to set proper expectations for people. And, uh, Mostly because it was a it was a vacant condemned house, so there wasn't anybody living there. But for my buyers, yeah, I think we had about eighty people go through the house, and it was a hoarder house, so there was not hardly any room to even breathe in that place. And so everybody was kind of pissed off at me for you know not setting expectations, I guess, a little bit on that one.
0: Yeah. And uh, hey, so for you new call. people getting into it, yeah, this is key. Like, don't try to be the guy that's like, oh, I'm going to slide somebody in or go behind their back or do this stuff. Like just be upfront with people and people are more willing to work with
1: you. 100%, absolutely, right? Like in a world where, right? Like everybody's sick of getting spam calls they're sick of getting their identity stolen, right? Like, Like I feel like just being straightforward is just such a breath of fresh air for people anyway. So why not just be a human to another human, right?
0: And honestly, that's why I've struggled to wholesale is I I sit in somebody's, cause we do face-to-face, I'm the only person on our team. And I sit in somebody's living room and I'm just gonna buy it. Like that's just the way that I've, anytime I've yeah. tried to get like a wholesale price or, you know, I'll do the MAO and, and minus whatever for a wholesale price. If I have the mindset that I'm gonna wholesale it, I've always missed it. Where if I've offered that same thing as a flipper, like I'm gonna buy it. And I think it's just a, a confidence thing. It's a mindset thing
1: oh yeah it's certainly you got you got limiting limited beliefs as to how that appointment's going to go certainly yeah yeah we like that's part of it right like is is setting expectations or like you know my acquisitions manager you know he he talked about leaving the door wide open right like hey look this is gonna be a tough one you know we're gonna try it but this is what might happen okay like we might have to come back because you know there's there's an octopus furnace right that's gonna be 14 grand there is you know whatever there's mold everywhere i mean whatever right this this is gonna be tough so yeah being
0: being up front yep and and the best sellers know that you're going to make money like that's i work well you you let them them know that so even if like
1: if you're gonna do an ovation right like you have to let them know like right hey you're okay with us making like five billion dollars on this right like you don't care you don't just care about getting your 100 grand right like that's okay great um i mean obviously we're not gonna make five billion dollars on it, but you're okay if we make you know something on it 50 grand i mean would that would that be okay i mean i don't know what we'll make on it like i don't think we'll make that but we're gonna try yeah okay that's, yeah, that's fine like and then and then you come back and hey you said it was okay if we made this like we didn't maybe maybe we made 30 grand on it like okay we haven't done a lot of innovations but you know i i know from other friends that do them a lot yeah again setting that expectation like having that conversation with with your customers just make sure they know what's going on you're being transparent with what you're planning on doing and then obviously you do what you're going to say you're going to do yeah right you just said you're going to do that so just so do it
0: yep absolutely and so it's funny i got a text from one of my sellers where and and it's one i'm wholesaling uh at the end of the month and his text was thanks for taking care of this i hope you make a ton of money on this house because again it was just quick it was efficient it was easy for him and he knows he like because the whole family was upset as far as like the granddaughters. They were leeching off everybody and they were pissed off and they weren't anybody to be concerned with it. And, but I solved the person's problem and his brother's problem and, and it was over. And, and, and again, for the people that are just getting into this, or just starting, everybody knows you're doing this for profit. Obviously, be transparent with them, let them know it's not a charitable act. It's okay that we're going to give and we're, we'll probably do something good with it. Like we donate to some stuff. But at the end right. of the day, we have to make money to survive
1: and don't like don't beat around the bush like talk yeah. about it up front talk about the elephant in the room like yes yeah. we're a business like certainly if that ever comes up it 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 establishes trust like guaranteed right they're going to come around trusting you because you're telling the truth
0: yeah absolutely 100 so what are you guys doing for marketing it, it seems like every couple months like market types of marketing are shifting, what's working, what's not. It's been really chaotic. Um, yeah, man,
1: so I'll be real honest. I have not been the best at keeping up with what's going on. And actually it's a big frustration of mine, frankly, but we have been, um, you know, we've been buying leads a lot. Uh, we bought okay. leads for, I don't know, two and a half years now, just yeah. with, you know, success here and there, uh, there'll be months where it's great. Like we had a good month about two months ago, and then it just kind of falls off a cliff a little bit um we've cold called. we still have i haven't cold called in a year or so um but we still have leads that we're following up with and um, we got we have one on our contract that's gonna close next week from just cold calling but i would um i mean we plan on adding that again um and i plan on just cold calling niche lists i don't i don't know uh i'm sure there's other people that would debate me on this but i just don't feel like like those broad lists i mean where i'm at right now in my business it wouldn't make sense to just cold call or attack broad list. It's just, I mean, there's so much niche stuff yet that you, I'm not marketing to
0: yet. So. Are you doing the cold calling or are you hiring somebody?
1: I've done it in the past and I've hired in the past. So I encourage anybody, if you plan on doing cold calling, you have to do it yourself for at least a couple of weeks, get in some hours because you're not going to be able to manage anybody properly without first having done it yourself and right. Get the scripts right. They're all available. I mean, somewhere, I mean, Yeah. It's, it's out there. So just get a dialer, Mojo, whatever. ReSimply uh, if you're on the ReSimply system and just, yeah, hit it up. I promise you like it, it, for people who are not like natively extroverted, like I love talking, like I'm a freak. I love cold calling, right? I'm just, I'm just saying, I love cold calling. Y'all can hate me. I don't care. I love it. So, uh, but most people hate it, right? Most people hate it. And um, part of it, even for me, is just waiting for somebody to pick up the phone. That's the part that I hate. I love, like, once once somebody picks up the phone, boom, love it. But just follow a script. Like, following a script, you're practicing it. You know, if you're an introvert, you don't like talking on the phone, I promise you, you do it a few times. You get, you know, somebody cusses you out once or twice. That's all. It's just fine. Like, you, yeah. you get used to it, and you build up some strong leather. And, it, and honestly, it's not that bad. You just got to do it a little bit, even if you might just hate it worse than anything else. Do it for a time, and then hire it out.
0: <laughs> well, if you hate it, generally in the rule of thumb in life, if you don't want to do it or you don't like doing it, then that's probably what you should be doing, especially Based on your budget and your business, like we are in the process of, we don't do any marketing in our business at all anymore. We've built this kind of brand, this cartoon character of me, and and it just kind of magically brings deals. It's hard to explain. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> that's why I, I need a cartoon character. I need yeah, some edge Cartoon characters. I, I, we put we put a lot of money in like two and a half years into ours, and it's finally like continuing to kind of work off of each other. And the the and it was funny. I was talking to one of my friends a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, "Well, when do you know you're gonna get leads?" And we have a small business. We'll probably flip twenty homes this year. I just told him I was like, "I don't, I don't have, I don't know, I don't have like a metric." And we hang up the phone, and ten minutes later, my dumpster guy calls me, and he's like, "Hey, Brandon, I just got a call for a tenant or for an owner evicting a tenant. They're doing a trash out. I asked him if he was selling. He said yes, and so." Uh, is it cool if I give him your number and you guys talk and we just bought it directly off market, you awesome. know, and it just, and it, and then we got one directly from my truck a couple of weeks ago, but we have all these old leads from marketing, direct mail, buying mm-hmm. leads, like stuff we've done. And we're in the process of bringing in a cold caller now. And the, the company that we're wanting to work with was wanting to have like this eight hour a day cold caller. I was like, have you ever cold called for eight hours in a day. It is awful. I'm looking for somebody like two to four hours or maybe two hours, hour lunch, two hours again, something of that nature. I was like, because it is not something that I don't want somebody Monday through Friday, eight hours a day on a diet. Right.
1: But if you outsource it, you got to make sure that they're not just cold calling in the afternoon for somebody else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like what? But hundred yeah, percent, I had one cold caller and she was fantastic, but she wasn't necessarily a great closer um, and she was, she was a machine. Um, but yeah, even her, like when you get to like hour four, hour five, I mean, you see a pretty precipitous decline yeah. in quality of the conversations. So I don't know of too many people that can, you know, I, I think the people that with those kind of personalities that could do that aren't the people that are gonna natively be uh, like cold calling, right? They're, yeah. they're the people that you know want to do a task. Yeah. Um, that doesn't and involve they, talking to people.
0: And I heard I heard a, uh, probably the best guy was out of Arizona, probably the best cold caller set up within his business. And he actually used people in the US, like actual, he hired actual employees in our office to be cold callers, but none of them worked in office. And they all had these weird like quirks to them. So one of his cold callers, would sit down turn on a video game and like open a six pack of beer oh yeah i
1: know he's playing games and he like yeah and yeah, just I,
0: and basically just gets a dialer on he finishes the six pack and he's done and that's is like an hour and a half two yep. hours and it's but it, it wasn't about getting drunk it wasn't it was just like that he was just relaxed in his mode and then he was done they were efficient yep. he had another he, he like told a couple stories i mean this guy knew his cold calling down to the the call of yep. like what it did and 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 for people doing that in business like texting's the same way if you've ever sat in front of a computer for eight hours sending text even though you can use these softwares that send them and do all that stuff very easy it is mind-numbing it is painful it, it, it
1: sure is, is. so <laughs> we're doing pre-foreclosures and uh okay. yeah it is certainly interesting cat right just yeah a lot of texting a lot of yeah a lot of that stuff and yeah it, it does get it gets old a little bit but Hey, you go the next day, you do it again and you do it yep. again. It's not like all day, You dedicate a couple hours to it and then just work on something else. Yep. But and that, yeah, and I mean, that's that. the nice thing about cold calling too, is like, if you're doing it yourself, like I work on admin stuff while I'm cold calling and you know, pay bills or do send emails or whatever, you know, and then just stop when somebody answers the phone. So it's, it's nice setup, especially if you got like two screens, have your script here, you know, or let's memorize
0: it, whatever. And then just, I mean, yep. I don't mind it. And for those people doing scripts, practice it in the mirror. Like, take 100%. your time, get comfortable. You know, you're going to sound like an idiot. You're going to you, screw yeah. up. You're going to sound like a robot. That, and that's inevitable. But if you take your time um, and practice it, you know, like in your vehicle or in front of a mirror or out loud, and just, it will become more natural and not sound like a script.
1: Yes. 100%. So, with my team, with my acquisitions manager and I, Uh, Every Monday and Wednesday, we actually have a sales meeting where we are going through the scripts. And so, you know, we each take a turn, even though I'm not the upfront guy, he'll ask, he'll he'll go through the script with me and he'll pretend that he's a seller and vice versa. So Role play like that. Like you can have a friend, like whoever's listening, you can have a friend or a spouse do that with you. And it does help. It definitely helps you become more comfortable with the script, with talking with somebody, because, you know, it does help to sound more confident when you're on the phone yeah. and not having you know like a uh um and uh oh, hold on you know just being smooth with your speech and and like a real person does help significantly
0: and it helps as you talked kind of earlier it's that trust that rapport that connection if you sound exactly. like you've done this before then people are more comfortable with it versus you know, and that, and that's some of the the tough with outsourcing it. I was yeah. just, I was reviewing a cold call one time, and the lady the person was going through it, and the seller said something to the nature of like one of her parents had passed away, and she was just tired, like just just sounded exhausted. And the cold caller asked like a question on the script next <laughs> instead of having any empathy. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm, you know, what, whatever, how, and, and that's the hardest part to train. but they, and I just listened to it. I'm like, we're done. Like, we can't, we <laughs> can't have, do it. Cause it's, it, it's, it's gone. You know, it's like, they tell you something yeah, emotional oh, that you have the ability to talk to. And then it's like, so do you, um, it's 1800 square feet. Oh, you're like, yeah, And you're just like,
1: <laughs> Oh, I just want to scream when you listen to that recording. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's painful. And it's and so like what you do with your, you said brother or brother-in-law. Um, brother-in-law yeah. It's probably good that you script with him and not be on the front side because you're going to have different questions. You're going to have different opinions, like role playing yeah. with somebody that isn't necessarily the salesperson. Right. Yeah. And
1: I, I throw it at him once in a while too, you know, like give him like some weird situation. And then we talk about like, Hey man, you, maybe you could have done this or, or whatever, but he's, he's good. You know, like he's, you know, he's a, he's a talker himself. Like he likes being in front of people. So it's, it's an, it's a natural fit for him to be on the phone and, and talking with people like people, you know, you have to have a love for people to, to, I think to really be good. I mean, obviously you want, you, got, you want to be good at closing, but yeah. I think, For us in our business, we like to put the people first before the closing, right? Like, so like we we do, we help people out. Maybe it's kind of a bleeding heart, I guess, but you know, there's sometimes when we've helped some people out and like we're not getting paid a dime on it. Like it just, it's part of the nature of being in this business. Like you're not gonna make money on everything, but like, let's just, let's just help them out. We get to this one lady in uh, a mobile home park, for example, like there's no way we're gonna be able to do anything on on this particular deal, but I walked her through a, a. ton of different things. Uh, the park ended up, I think, buying her house and there was a bunch of different things to, that we helped her with to get qualified for a nursing home, for example. So
0: yeah. Yeah, and- not a ton
1: of work, but you know, it was more work than I was hoping for.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it, And it, it generally, that that's the thing about it. Some of the deals that you don't get paid are some of your most amount of work, your biggest legwork, the biggest. Oh, but dude. again, if you've helped people, connect to people, like I love just saying, hey, this person can do X or, yeah. or before. I mean we it, had, it comes around
1: certainly. Right. It no. comes around. Like certainly like I'd love to be, you know, driving a Lambo, you know, out in some crazy expensive market, whatever. But, you know, I also want to like have a fulfillment part of my business too. And I feel like, you know, that that aspect of this, right? Like our, our business is, is right, we want to make as much money as we possibly can. Obviously, right. But all at the same time, like you know, having good core values to that that allows me to go and you know help somebody out where i'm not going to make a dime i feel like just makes the business worth doing instead of just making 10 grand or
0: 20 grand here and there absolutely it, it makes it easy it makes those hard days a lot easier you know yeah. and, and, and in this journey there are lots of hard days so yeah it's up um, and down yep so now that you guys are focusing really hard on wholesale are y'all trying to grow like what what are what are kind of yeah. some some, some hopes of your wholesale business?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, our, our goal isn't necessarily to be like a seven figure wholesaling company. I mean, if it happens, then great, but I'm not pushing it hardcore in that direction. Um, we just want, we want like a good business where you know people can take vacations if they need to, but everything's covered. Um, marketing comes out, goes out consistently, deals are coming in consistently. We don't need 10 at a time. I mean, if it happens, great. But I just want, like, I want to be able to step away from my business and let it run, you know? Maybe I can step away for a week or two and then come back and, and continue to operate. Like, I don't want to just walk away from it. I enjoy doing it, but, you know, having more time to do other things would definitely, is definitely what we want. So uh, we are, we're kind of making a hire just administrative assistant. We had uh, a small team, ended up letting everybody go for various reasons, either just not a good fit or just not getting the job done, whatever. Um, we just started working with another bookkeeper. We just started, like I said, we we're gonna be hiring another admin assistant and then hopefully a you know, lead manager after that.
0: Gotcha. So. I, dude, hiring people is, I feel like you can get lucky in the beginning, but until you've hired and unfortunately fired and, and built stuff, like you don't even know what questions to ask. You don't know That's what to going for in somebody. So
1: I took a break, right? When I, when I let uh, our other team members go, I said, okay, well, I want to be really, really good at hiring and I'll be really, really, really good at firing because I've been kind of a pushover in the past. Like I want, so part of what I want to do uh, is just get, get clear metrics, right? Clear, clear job descriptions. And like, this is what's expected. And here's our KPIs for these different positions. Right. So I know Okay, either you're doing your job or you're not doing your job and just even on the hiring component like you know in the past i haven't really you know i use like a the free disk test you know just a yeah. free, that, that, that's okay but you know having a, a different um like a culture index or something else where you can kind of go more in depth on an individual and uh, run them through that and the in the application process, I think it's going to be really helpful. So uh, yeah, we go through this process of hiring a new administrative um, assistant. It's going to be, I'm actually looking forward to it because it's going to be the first hire that I've made with our, our new hiring process. So I think it's going to be a lot better.
0: Yeah, I, I remember we've hired people and, and our last assistant, like we weren't really defined with stuff, like we weren't defined yeah. with um sick leave we weren't defined with it and then all of a sudden i'm like i didn't think to ask these things i didn't think to and so now the newest person we've because that's kind of the one thing we have my wife has a staging business and so we have an admin that kind of helps between the two of us and then so when we brought her on you know like i i i tried to go through i was like all right i hired this person these are the conversations that we didn't have when i hired this person these are the conversations we didn't have and then put everything in writing. And at the end of the day, like being a small business and we talk about, you know, kind of working from home and being pretty fluid with a lot of stuff. Like we weren't looking for nine to five, five days a week. We were looking for, you know, there's gonna be some nights. There's gonna be some weekends. There's gonna be some Wednesdays you can have off. Like there's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty fluid. But what I liked about having it all written down and having a process is if that process is broken or if that, if, if what's written down comes up, we ultimately have the ability to make a decision without, feeling right. guilty or you know stuff like that and so that's it's, it feels so much better to like put a process in place follow it okay. hire somebody
1: yeah. i mean yeah and if it doesn't work out you can just go back to your process and follow your check checklist there and just get it done okay. holy smokes when i started uh documenting stuff and putting together my standard operating procedures is like made everything so much easier i mean like even, even just now, like we, I, I was doing a, I have a friend who's got a rental and I just did a t- tenant placement for him. And I was like, frick, man, like I've done this so many times, but it's been like two years since I've done a tenant placement. Like I was like trying to remember like the process and the steps and the paperwork that I needed to do because I didn't write it down. I didn't have a yeah. standard offer, so you just put together. So as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm writing it down and, and putting the steps in place. And it was just like, man, would have saved me so much time if I would have freaking wrote it down two years ago or whenever it was. So, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we got I got a library of videos on Loom now just that's for awesome. the past two years of being on there.
0: So, yeah. And that, and that's I've learned. If somebody asks you a question, instead of just typing out the question, make a video, send it to them, and then that question's oh, not it. answered forever. It can make the world's different. Um, right.
1: So for anybody any newbies out there watching this, like get a Loom account and I mean what is a hundred bucks a year, two hundred bucks a year. It's like super cheap. And but when you're making videos, like name them what's in the video and then like put them in a folder. So you don't have to like figure out what's in the videos later on. Right. Like I did yep. that right away, you know, I had like Loom for a few months and I'm like, Frank, I have all these random videos. I don't know what they are anymore. because so they're stupid naming conventions, so.
0: Yeah, they're named test 1.3, June 15th, right. 2022. Yep. So dumb, it, but it's, it's helpful. Yeah, video library. And so what is your, um, I'm always curious, small businesses, you're hiring an administrative assistant. Uh, that's a pretty loose ended role. Like what are they, how did you determine like your business was ready for this? And what does that person- um, Yeah, great question. So
1: I, you know, I've had administrative assistance for about three years now. I've had three different ones. Last one I had, she was with me for about 18 months. And, but yeah, she just, it was just willy nilly. I, it was a knee jerk hire, honestly. So yeah, two years ago, it was just, I was like swamped. I deal like retail deals coming on my ears, which is great, great problem. But a lot of paperwork a lot of admin stuff i'm just like oh, i gotta hire somebody but now i have this nice uh sop put together on specific tasks that that we want so for example for retail deals um we have this like retail order form that we just created so just a google form so when we have a retail customer i can just fill out the form this is all the stuff that's needed this is the type of retail deal it is and it just sends our admin assistant an email and she, or he can just put together all the documents and prep everything, look up the property, get all the information with property, put it in the paperwork and just be done with it. Right. Save me a bunch of time. Same thing for, I don't know, for transaction coordination, right? I have a bunch, I have a list of TC stuff that needs to happen for wholesale deals, for retail deals, whatever. And all that's part of the admin assistance job description. So just follow this when you have a deal. Right, and we simply gives our TC different tasks yep. um, at different stages of the pipeline to to make sure that things happen. Another example, let's see. Oh, uh, just just grabbing lists, grabbing lists, scrubbing them, skip tracing them, make sure they're formatted properly so that we can call them. And you know, even when calling them, we use two different skip tracers. So we put them in through one. If it doesn't come through, like put these specific leads into the second skip tracer and get this right. That's a administrative tasks that i don't ever want to do again yeah so it's easy (laughs) right it's stupid easy and you know it's something that you know somebody in the philippines or anywhere in the whole world can do i guess i keep thinking of like if it's not location specific i'm trying to put an sop together so i can outsource it yeah especially
0: administratively like is your admin are you going overseas or trying to find a va admin 100%. There's so
1: many quality people overseas. Like, um, I know several other businesses that have some incredible VAs. Um, I've had good ones. um, And like, I had one actually, she was in Ukraine. She was awesome. But we don't know what's going on there right now. So she wasn't able to continue. So I mean, yeah, the top notch people, in my opinion, sounds terrible, but I would never pay an American to do VA work, like uh, administrative work, unless it's like, Higher level stuff, I suppose, um, but I've had I've had Americans. I I, I had a company uh, hired them for a few months, and um, and they were good, but you know they weren't any better than you know a really good person in the Philippines for yeah. four dollars an hour or five dollars an hour or whatnot. So
0: and the, and I, don't, I, I just have
1: a hard time justifying hiring local when it can be hired overseas for a fraction of the cost.
0: And it's a good mindset to have is like there are people in other places that can do this stuff easier than I can, faster than I can, there are people that enjoy doing these things where you probably don't enjoy pulling a list, scrubbing, skip tracing it twice, reformatting it, and then, you know, uploading it, moving it. And there's, I've had some amazing um VAs in my life yeah I will um, say though like
1: hiring out uh cold callers just people that are gonna be on the phones with American sellers like you definitely gonna have you want somebody who's lived in the states for a good amount of time understands like American jargon you know, American slang, like, like, and speak to you like an American. Yeah. Cause that's not, I mean, I, like I've hired, I've hired Philippine co callers. I've hired Americans living abroad and yeah, there's definitely a major difference between the two, like Americans or people who have lived in America versus somebody who's never lived in America and yeah. lives in a different culture. Right. Yeah. Like speaking was great, but can they shoot the breeze? Right. Can they yeah. just build rapport set it right? Some little, some little old lady saying she just lost her husband. Are you going to still ask her, you know, well, how much do you want for the house? Right. You're Going to have that uh, American jargon, like get into empathy a little more and being able to have an actual conversation with them instead of just following the script.
0: It is. And it's not until it wasn't until we hired people and not even hired people in the Philippines. We had this, um, we hired like a company a long time ago, the company had some division and then a whole bunch of VA's kind of got lost in the middle. I know what you're talking um, about because so I heard them too. And a couple of mine like came to me and was like, we're not getting paid. We don't have a job. Like we don't know if we still work for you. And so we ended up onboarding them directly. And through that process, I learned so much about their culture and so much about everything that it was. Like my mind, my mindset shifted into what a VA is. Like I was the person in the beginning, I almost treated a VA like a machine versus a person. Yeah, um, you know, and it's just like, hey, it's a service. Do something for eight hours a day. Here's what I want you to do, and and do it. And then I realized just because they're across the country, across the world, doesn't mean that they don't have emotion. They don't have, <laughs> right. you know, th- they don't have problems that exist in their life. And and it took it took me learning that, and then it taught me how to teach and coach them to to do it. Because I would say stuff that made sense to me, and they'd be like, I don't understand what you're talking about, <laughs> and. Right. And we had to like, you know, work through and kind of coach that. And uh, it it is something as you bring them into your business, realize it sounds, it always sounds so so weird saying this, they're human beings too. And, you know, it is just because we're hiring them for whatever the cost is, for whatever the task is. And and they need to be coached, they need to be trained, they need to be yeah. in, immersed in the culture of your business, your company, just like anybody else would be.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it does help uh, if you have ever been to like a third world country or a country that you are hiring to, like if you've been to the Philippines and you're hiring Filipinos, like you can understand their culture a little bit better as well. Yeah, having having that mindset of like treating them with respect and dignity, you know, instead of just a cog in your machine, it's at you're, you're 100% right there. And,
0: and, and it sounds so weird to say, because, <laughs> you know, it's like if you were to meet them face to face, they're a human being, they're a person. Right. But it, it feels weird when it's just this company that's hiring them, that's, that's, you know, doing. X. Yeah. And I, I remember my eye opening one was we got on a Zoom call and this was like a little bit later in the day and that my VA had wet hair. And I was like, well, I was like, oh, did you just get, like, just get out of the shower? I asked something, and she was explaining to me that they had to take their water and boil it, pour it into their bathtub, and then they only had so many minutes to take a hot bath before they, had, they no longer had hot bath water. And, and I was like, wow. You know, and, and, and that was, you know, where I can go 10 feet over here into my shower and, and, and hit it and have <clears throat> hot water in 45 seconds. It was it was that kind of piece, and it's still it's still crazy for me to 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 think that I have to say that, but um I've I've talked to new people hiring VAs, and I'm like, listen, this is it it, it sounds crazy, but yes, you have to you know, do certain things. 100%. So, dude, I appreciate your time. I don't want to keep any longer. Anything else that you want to share? Um, any tidbits? Because I think I think what you said best early on is like make decisions, take action is is the most important. yeah i mean it sounds so cliche
1: but like it's totally true i think you have to just internalize it and it took it took me a long time to just be like just do it because i think i was just stuck on uh you know so many different questions like i don't know the answer for this or or for that and uh you know just doing something just doing something like is going to propel you like do something and not i guess not just do something that doesn't matter right just
0: yeah
1: like do something that's like uh Revenue generating, like revenue generating activities, like picking up the phone or going to you know call a realtor with a listing or whatever, right? Just got to do stuff like that. Like just, it's going to happen. My dad, when I was in, uh, as a financial advisor, he always said like, you know, part about, part, part about, uh, one thing about the business is just like being in it for a certain amount of time. Like you just, you just get business over time, but you also have to like go and, and do stuff. You have to go and, and be proactive. And I think the same with any other business, like you just spend time doing, like being proactive, like it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. You just gotta keep doing positive things in your business. So
0: Absolutely. Well, Jameson, I appreciate your time. If you guys or gals have any deals in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I'm sure he'd love to see them. And uh, if they wanna know some more about you, where can they find you, follow you, reach out to you?
1: I mean, I am on Facebook. Uh, I don't do, I'm terrible at social media, man. Like, it's all right. um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook, Jameson Worst. Jameson with an I, Worst like the word. I mean, <laughs>
0: it's, it's so hard. Yeah. You told him to record it and I still got it wrong. I was like, I just not say Worst.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can shoot me an email. Uh, Jameson, W-J-A-M-I-S-O-N-W at belltowerproperties.com.
0: Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Ooh, thanks, Brandon. Have a good one.